Welcome to The Slow Reader, a podcast about books. I'm Steve, and in today's episode, I am reviewing The MVP Machine by Ben Lindbergh and Travis Sochik about the book. The published date was June 4th, 2019, and here is the back of the book summary. Move over, Moneyball, a cutting-edge look at Major League Baseball's next revolution, the high-tech quest to build better players. As best-selling authors Ben Lindbergh and Travis Sochik reveal in The MVP Machine, the Moneyball era is over. Fifteen years after Michael Lewis brought the Oakland Athletics' groundbreaking team-building strategies to light, every front office takes a data-driven approach to evaluating players, and the league's smarter teams no longer have a huge advantage in valuing past performance. Lindbergh and Sochik's behind-the-scenes reporting reveals how the 2017 Astros and 2018 Red Sox used cutting-edge technology to win the World Series, how undersized afterthoughts Jose Altuve and Mookie Betts became big sluggers and MVPs, how polarizing pitcher Trevor Bauer made himself a Cy Young contender, how new analytical tools have overturned traditional pitching and hitting techniques, how a wave of young talent is making MLB both better than ever and arguably worse to watch, Instead of outdrafting, outsigning, and outtrading their rivals, baseball's best minds have turned to outdeveloping opponents, gaining greater edges than ever by perfecting prospects and eking extra runs out of older athletes who were once written off. Lindbergh and Sochik take us inside the transformation of former fringe hitters into home run kings, show how washed up pitchers have emerged as aces, and document how coaching and scouting are being turned upside down. The MVP machine charts the future of a sport and offers a lesson that goes beyond baseball. Success stems not from focusing on finished products, but from making the most of untapped potential. So I hope you've at least gathered from the book summary that this is a book about baseball. The last books about baseball that I've read that I can remember off the top of my head include The Only Rule Is It Has to Work, also co-authored by Ben Lindbergh, Moneyball, and books by Jonah Carey, The Extra 2%, a book covering the Tampa Bay Rays, and Up, Up, and Away, a book about the Montreal Expos. There may be more that I'm leaving off the list, but I feel that these are the most relevant anyway. Moneyball is probably the one book that is mentioned the most throughout MVP Machine, and with good reason, I think, because Moneyball is also the term most quoted for what the Oakland A's popularized in the early 2000s when they couldn't compete with the payrolls of teams like the Yankees or the Red Sox. But the advantage Moneyball provided, which was, in essence, about finding undervalued players and getting the most out of them, is no longer there because most teams have latched onto the analytics revolution. The extra 2%, on the other hand, uh, was about how teams could squeeze extra value of what they had to work with, and not just about finding undervalued talent, as well as properly managing your assets. The negative connotation around the extra 2% is that the Rays are known for being notoriously cheap and stretching dollars in the guise of being revolutionary. So if you combine the content of Moneyball and the extra 2%, that's kind of what you get with the MVP machine. But before I go on any further, however, here is my reading timeline. I began reading this October 28th, 2019 and finished reading it December 17th, 2019. In total, this meant that it took me just over one and a half months, 50 days, to read the book. I should point out that I had a break between November 17th and December 14th, 
when my library loan ended, and I also had to stop to read a new book, Warlight, which I covered back in December. Unfortunately, I can't provide any detailed statistics because my reading took place between a physical book and an ebook. So, with different formats, it's kind of tough to figure out what my stats were. So, here's my review. Since this is a nonfiction book and I'm writing this review almost a month removed from actually finishing it, I thought I would just go with a more straightforward review. I didn't really have any questions leading into reading the book, but I knew more or less what it was about and I was very interested in the content already. I'm not a huge baseball watcher, um, but I mean, I like baseball, I just don't devote a lot of time to it as some people do. I also don't read a lot of articles about baseball, though I try to keep up to date with a handful of baseball podcasts, and I will make sure to give you my list at the end of this episode. With that said, I was peripherally aware of some of the real-life content of this book. What I mean by that is I did read some articles here and there talking about players changing their swings, trying different things. For example, I remember reading about J.D. Martinez of the Boston Red Sox talking about how he started to swing up at the ball a few years back. And in general, that's what I'm hearing. A lot of players are trying to put the ball up in the air these days more than anything else. And that's partly what's leading to an increase in home runs. What I'm getting at here is that I have not been unaware of the idea presented in this book, that professional baseball players are actively trying to improve upon their talent. What was new to me was the history of all this, dating back to names like Branch Rickey of the Brooklyn Dodgers, or the extent to which some teams and some individual players, like Cleveland's Trevor Bauer, are going to go about these improvements. One thing I particularly enjoyed about this book was that it wasn't just a bunch of charts and numbers thrown in my face. There was some narrative involved, and authors Lindbergh and Sachin did a fairly good job of preventing the material from coming across as boring. Surprisingly, I really enjoyed the passages where the authors would describe specific at-bats, one pitch at a time. In theory, that sounds like something that could be really dry. Uh, You know, first pitch, swinging strike, fastball, second pitch, ball, outside, and so on. Stuff like that. But uh, they were able to put me in the time and place of the game that they were describing. So I'm just thinking maybe this is something that I found interesting and others didn't, but it definitely worked for me. What this also did for me was get me excited about baseball again. For a little bit, I mean, other than following the local indie ball team, the Ottawa Champions here in, uh, in my hometown, I haven't really been following baseball all that closely. I still don't know what players are on what team right now. Uh, as there's been a lot of movement in this year's offseason, but reading the MVP machine has me excited to watch some regular season ball, although I suppose it helps that we also just got a big 4K TV over the Christmas holidays. But to sum up, I had a great time reading the MVP machine. I learned a lot of different things that weren't just related to baseball. I'll, I'll expand on that in a little bit. And the information was not presented in a dry manner in any way. I felt that part in particular was very important as presenting statistics can be potentially very boring. So what did I learn? Obviously, I learned about how many baseball teams and specifically individual players such as Trevor Bauer are embracing growth mindsets and trying to improve their talent rather than just finding good players. The main thing that I got out of it is that baseball teams all are using advanced analytics to find great players for less money. And because of that, the advantage that teams like the Oakland Athletics enjoyed for a few years 
is gone. The new advantage is in player development when teams realized that their players were capable of so much more. But I also learned that a lot of what baseball teams and management are doing is incredibly similar to things that I learned this past year participating in a new people leader course. I already mentioned growth mindset. That's a huge term bandied about lately. I'm struggling a little bit to remember everything that I read and wanted to mention, but suffice it to say that you could give this book to anyone aspiring to improve themselves in their career, any career, and they would get some good information out of it. You could really take out the specific statistical mentions related to baseball, and you'd still get a great book about leadership. I should also mention that while I was reading this book, details of the Houston Astros cheating scandal were starting to trickle out. And as I typed this review, the rulings from Major League Baseball have since been handed out. Interestingly, I read the chapters about Houston before a lot of the information came out. The picture I got of the Houston management was not pretty, and I decided fairly quickly that this is not a front office that I would want to work with or work for if I had my pick of teams. I mean, I can't say that there's a team that was presented in the book that I would put at the top of my list, but it's good to know that I can recognize the kind of work environment that I absolutely want to avoid. Just because it's something semi-glamorous like working in sports doesn't always make it a fantastic place. So wrapping up, I I do think that this is a great book, and it helps to cover off some of what is going on in the world of baseball in terms of player development and gives a bit of insight into how players move throughout organizations. It also touches on some of the history of the game, and this part was really neat. It was especially fun to learn that Branch Rickey, who was famous for a lot more than just employing Jackie Robinson. If you also get a chance to see some of the the behind-the-scenes material, which includes a short commentary audio track where the authors talk about the book, I recommend doing that as well. Well, I mentioned that I listened to a few baseball podcasts to keep myself informed. The three in particular that I like to pay attention to, the one that covers mostly all of baseball is Productive Outs. That is a really funny podcast. They don't take themselves too seriously. They also talk a lot about music and they often have uh, guest interviews. So they're pretty great to check out. And I'll make sure to have the links in the show notes. But I also follow two Blue Jays baseball podcasts, one from Sportsnet, which is one of the Canadian sports broadcasters. Uh, So they have their own Blue Jays podcast because I'm a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays. But I also listen to the Athletics podcast, Birds All Day, which is not officially affiliated with the Blue Jays, I guess, is the best way to put it. But they, uh, they're from uh, The Athletic, so it, you do have to pay and subscribe to hear their podcast. But they've since offered portions of their podcast for free download. But to hear the whole thing, you have to pay and subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep listening to that once my subscription to The Athletic is up, just because I haven't really been getting a lot from The Athletic personally that I did when I first signed up for it, but I still have some time to make a decision on that one. So once again, though, that was Birds All Day. That is pretty much all the baseball podcasts that I can handle because there's sometimes it's just information overload. So uh, that, that was pretty much it. But Moving on, I just want to talk about pop culture in general. Uh, I am slowly making my way through The Mandalorian. Uh, We were waiting until we got a new big screen TV to get the most out of the show, uh, which we did around Christmas. It's been a great show so far, and we're only two episodes into it. But other than that, I've kind of been taking a break from consuming content. 
I'm starting to get myself back into things. So in future episodes, I'm sure I'll have something new to talk about. Thanks for listening to The Slow Reader. Next episode, I will review the Star Wars novel Master and Apprentice. Spoiler alert, I liked it. It's probably going to be another short one, though, because I finished reading it after Christmas, but before New Year's, so I'm a little bit review, uh, removed from doing a review on it. But I will also share some thoughts about the rise of Skywalker in that episode as well. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.